everybody, welcome to What Are We Building? I'm Andy Shaner, your host for the next half hour or so. I'm in the 103.5 FM studios, underwritten by the bank of Sun Prairie, looking out at the beautiful red and white Sun Prairie water tower. It's a gorgeous day here today to be in Sun Prairie, and my guest today is Kendall Brunker with uh, Brass Tax Resale, and she's in charge with her partner Andrea over uh, at the Maker's Market that'll be coming up. And so we talked all about that, not something I knew a whole lot about, and so I learned a bunch of cool stuff about that event, and uh, you guys will too in just a second. Um, but I wanted to start out uh, you know, talking about this new branding initiative that uh, Sun Prairie is going to be embarking on. The kind of part of their, their budget is they're going to look at what makes Sun Prairie Sun Prairie, what makes us attractive, and part of the sort of tourism and room tax dollars that are collected from people coming to stay at hotels always goes towards promoting tourism and bringing people into Sun Prairie, which is all, I think, a really good thing. And it's it's interesting. It's I've been in marketing now for 20 years, which is kind of crazy to think about. I graduated from Madison in 2001 and got my first job you know, over the summer. Uh, actually, a guy that I used to work with, Rob Painalt, reached out to me on social media because we worked together, um, actually went through 9-11, you know, the morning of 9-11, we were working together. And um, he, he mentions he lives in some prairie, he's lived here for a while, he listens to the show. So, you know, you never know what kind of connections you're going to make. Shout out to Rob. But Rob, Rob left fairly soon, and actually it was my first promotion was when I uh, was able to move and, and take Rob's, Rob's place. But, um, you know, we, we sort of shared 9-11 together, and, and, and I have kind of evolved in my career working in a similar capacity but in marketing and it's one of those things it's it's often very difficult to point to to make a direct line to say if some prairie comes up with a new logo or a new slogan or brands itself differently uh, that it will result in you know more people coming here or or increased revenue for the hotels and the restaurants and all that kind of thing and, and so it's it's hard to put a, f- a number on it or finger on what you get from marketing and branding. But as a, as a professional doing this, I feel sort of compelled to defend it because nearly every major business, a major brand that you can think of, has a sizable budget that they use in defining that brand for its potential customers. And Google, Facebook, Coca-Cola, you name it, these are businesses that spend this money uh, because they feel like there's a return on it. And, and I, I honestly, I think Sun Prairie will get that. Look, obviously, Sun Prairie is growing. It's changing. It's it's redefining itself almost, you know, it seems like on a yearly basis of what's what's new and what's different. And we need to, not only for people that might potentially come to shop here, to stay in our hotels and visit here, but for our citizens ourselves, we need sort of a unifying message uh, because there are so many new families coming in uh, to to tell us kind of who we are, and I think that's a community endeavor worth embarking on to you know do some research, some basic market research, talking to the people that have lived here for a long time, who have lived here for a short time, and find out what is it that makes Sun Prairie great, and why why do you love it, and what should we be communicating? Like I said, both to prospective people to come here because we want people to continue to come here, um, and to our own citizens to reinforce all those great things and and define who we are. Because if we don't define who we are, uh, social media will do that. There will be people on Facebook or outside of the city that 
you know, criticize and are negative and, and, and only see, you know, one particular crime on the news or one particular incident in the schools and let that define who Sun Prairie is and who we are. And I don't think any of us want that. So I'm really interested to see kind of what happens with this branding initiative and, and what the end result is. And I'm sure people will have their opinions about it. We'll probably talk about it again. Um, but I, I think it's a worthwhile project and, and uh, something that I'm interested to see how it evolves. So um, we will take a little break. Like I said, we'll talk about a few things and then come back and talk to Kendall Brunker with uh, Maker's Mark. You're listening to 103.5 FM, WLSPLP, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. We serve the city of Sun Prairie and the surrounding area at 103.5 FM on your radio dial or online at sunprairiemediacenter.com. Online, you can get my TV show, Roundabout Sun Prairie. We just uh, put out the third episode. I had uh, Representative Gary Hebel and Alder Teresa Stevens on, kind of a high-powered guest uh, duo there. So you can check that out at KSUN Live or, or KSUN On Demand if you go to sunprairiemediacenter.com, as well as the Kids 4 programming and uh, city council meetings, anything you want to see related to the city. We put that all up on the website as well as the app that you can get if you just search for Sun Prairie Media Center on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Just uh, check that out. Um, one big event we have going on is Trivia Palooza. So it'll be the sixth anniversary, six years we've been on the air, 103.5 FM. And they're doing Trivia Palooza again the second year. Uh, so it's on air, live, 10 hours of trivia on Saturday, October 9th, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. So you got to go online, you got to get registered, okay? So Sun Prairie Media Center slash trivia forward slash trivia. It's completely free to sign up. There are prizes. You can win money. You can win gift cards. Uh, you have to be 21 to register, but you will want to play. This is going to be a fun all-day event. Tune in for part of it, all of it. Uh, guest, different guest hosts, different theme each hour, and whoever gets the most questions right for that hour wins prizes. There's tiebreakers if, if that happens. So email the Friends of Sun Prairie Media Center if you have any questions, SPMC dot friends at gmail.com otherwise www.sunprairiemediacenter.com forward slash trivia to get registered for trivia palooza 2021 i am andy shaner this is what are we building we will be right back with kendall brunker my husband is from columbus area so some people okay. might know the brunker name from sun prairie and um they got they were raised in bristol there were 13 of them so there's a lot of brunkers Floating around the Sun Prairie, Madison, Marshall, Waterloo area. Yeah, a wide swath. Yeah, for sure. And um, and how how long have you lived here in Sun Prairie? So I grew up in Token Creek. I, I grew up in Raintree oh. Subdivision. So I've lived here since I was five. Um, I now live in Columbus, but uh, my parents have lived in that neighborhood. My sister and her wife actually just moved into that my our family home and my parents moved out so you know yeah i'm a, i'm a lifer here <laughs> yeah deep roots <laughs> yeah for there. sure yeah. and so this is sort of fun for me because i i don't know much about you or your business you know, some people i have on the show that i've got some background with and sure. you know have but we've never met no and, um i i so i have a co-worker um she's familiar with brass tax and okay. with the maker's market i i had heard of the maker's market or driven by it at different times. But, and so she had actually a couple times, I, you know, she's one of the people I sort of bounce ideas off and had sort of even the idea to do this podcast was we would have these conversations about, did you hear what's being built over here? Uh, yeah. Or what's going in over <laughs> there? And it sort of started the discussion of leading to this podcast. And so she, she had brought 
your business up and it just had spoke very highly of you and so i I reached out and said (laughs) um you know that sounds interesting i yeah i'm not familiar with that and it's fun for me to learn and and for other folks too so i guess we'll if we'll start with brass tacks so it's a resale shop essentially or so when we first opened we were a consignment and resale store okay um and it was like a home decor my business partner andrea actually came up with the idea she's not here because she is in the process of moving to a new home oh yeah (laughs) i told her i'd take care of the this, this part keep you busy so um it started out as that and she kind of had the idea just based on it, i think she was moving at the time and she wanted you know she was like where do i take this stuff or how do i sell it not having to sell it on craigslist or whatever so that was their original basic mm-hmm. concept of the of the store and um, we're both pretty creative people so we knew we wanted a creative outlet we knew we wouldn't be happy just sitting in a store taking people's stuff in and selling it so we started to paint furniture okay um, and then from that, people came in and started asking us if we did custom work, which we didn't. And so we added that service. Well, then that led to getting a shop that we could work out of because we had been working out of her garage. <laughs> um, and then it, it kind of turned into more of a, instead of consignment, old people, you know, people's old stuff, more into a, we had other small businesses coming to us that were making things. Mm. And it kind of turned into... We really, really liked working with the other businesses and giving them a space to sell their stuff, um, making you know them a little bit more known. And so it kind of morphed into that we no longer have a storefront. We now just rent a building in the condo shops just across from uh, Bristol. Okay. So we don't have a retail front like brick and mortar, but we do have an online presence, our website and everything. So we still sell our signature pieces. That's what we call pieces that we do on our own to get out our creative stuff. We still sell those online, but it's just furniture. And then we have, um, we do a lot of custom work now. Um, I would say custom work's probably about 60, 65% of our business. So it sounds, would it be, is it underselling it to say it was sort of like a local, or it started out brick and mortar, like a a local version of Etsy? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of like, well, it's funny because when when we started the market, yeah. Um, we, we were, our big thing was it's Etsy in real life. Like yeah. come shop the local people who are making these things for you yep. uh, instead of, you know, buying them on Etsy. You can actually touch it before you purchase it. Right. So yeah, that's Maker's Market. Okay. And when we first started Maker's Market, Maker's Market was run by Brass Tax, which is Andrew and I. There's really no difference other than the schematics of it all. But mm-hmm. um, we run it at Maker's Market. It is its own business, its own entity at this point, but okay. it's just still just the two of us running Maker's Market. And then our, um, we have one coming up, so I'll just thank them all right now. That's right. So <laughs> Thanks, I, guys. That was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, is I know there's one coming up. So yeah, um, yeah. And so I, I do want to talk about that a little bit more. Are sure. you? So is your background? Are you have an artistic background? Did you? Go to school for art. <laughs> so, um, we always just kind of did goofy things. Yeah. So I was always big on taking, you know, furniture from around. Did the you house and Andrew and grow up together? Um, Andrew and I met in college. We had grown up playing basketball against each other. She's oh. she's six foot. I'm six one. So we okay. kind of like recognized each other. We both went to UW Milwaukee. From across and, a room, where you could see. Yeah, as soon as we were heads. on campus together, yeah. I was like, oh, hey, does that girl want to play intramurals? You know, so that was kind of right. how we hooked up in college. But um, and then we were roommates. 
And mm. then we just always did stuff like we took a, I don't know, we found a plywood board on the side of the road and went and bought Pepto Pink paint and painted it. And Mean Girls was a big movie at the time. Yeah. So we wrote Mean Girls on it. It was our Mean Girls beer pong table. Sure. Or one day we spent all night coloring on an entire wall with crayon, <laughs> I mean, which was not fun. I, I cannot recommend it yeah. to clean it up. It was fun at the time and it was up all year and it looked cool, but then we had to get rid of it because <laughs> you can't just paint over it. So, um, you know, just little things like that. Her mom is really creative. My mom is really creative. Just always born and raised doing stuff. You know, we're very much DIYers. So yeah. it kind of came from that. Um, era, Andrea is also a hairstylist. Hmm. Um, so when we had graduated from Milwaukee, she went to school for that and had kind of been doing that for a little bit. And then at the time when she brought up working, you know, starting this business, I, and I still do this, I was working for my parents full time as a bookkeeper. Hmm which I'm still doing. And so that kind of fit in really nicely, though, to go into that. We're both marketing majors. So just that drive and both of our parents are um, self-business owners. So like that entrepreneurial spirit was definitely in us. Yeah, no, I think it it matters when you kind of grow up in that and have that role model show you that there's a... And, and the payoff for taking a risk. What, what was your parents' business? Um, my dad is a manufacturer sales rep for Firestone Building oh. Products. So he sells um, rubber roofing, essentially. I mean, but kind of like an that. independent sales yeah. person? Yeah, know. so he um, he's the middleman between Firestone and then Wisconsin contractors yep. for the most part. Yep. And yeah. your mom, how about, what about your mom? Mom was a, she was a homemaker, so oh, okay. there were lots of projects. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I think that's just it. Andrew was kind of... Similar situation. Her stepdad had a company. It was Badger Graphics in Sun Prairie, okay. which um, he sold a couple of years ago. And her mom was kind of the same way. Always had miscellaneous kind of jobs outside of the home, but then, you know, really hands-on, always doing stuff with the kids. So I think that it all came together for yeah. us. How, how old, Do you have kids? I don't. No, okay. Andrea does. She has a... Uh, Eight-year-old, and I think Cam is four now. Okay. Well, that's, which is impressive because I, I found when my kids got to a certain age, like my kids are – one of them just turned 13 and 7. Yeah. And it, you you have to have a certain bandwidth to be able to do creative things. And it was it was not until they got to a certain age. I, I did sort of feel like, boy, I sort of have this brain capacity, and that's what kind of got me into podcasting yeah. and wanted to do something, you know, a little more creative and that kind of thing. But it's nice. You need those sort of outlets. Yeah. And um, and nice for to have people give people away. It's not just you and Andrea doing this sort of bringing people in and and doing that together. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I saw I feel like I was familiar with the maker's market when it was over closer to Prairie Lakes. Over by Finers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that was we had a storefront there for a little while. And uh, Scott and Beth Finer are just super generous people and allowed us to host the market in their baseball diamond area. Um, so that was definitely a great situation for us because it kind of gave us this area that we got to host it and not really worry about it not you know moving in a site and all that because we knew the area we knew what we could expect it being and there. was that that was right on Thompson and Maine where yeah that's right where they're yep. building a new Meyer it's all torn up yeah. to <laughs> drive by it's there crazy every I mean, day is totally different. It's insane to think that, uh, so we moved out of there March of 2020, so a year and a half ago, for me, it's just nuts to look at that and be like, we, that was us, that was our store, that was our, you know, that was our market. So where was the actual store? It was in that building, in that, um, in the... So that there was the baseball field. If, you yeah. said, if you're looking at the Finer's property and to the left. It's hard to do on audio. Yeah. Like trying to point, <laughs> Finer, Finer Electric is to the left of it. 
when you headed south on South Thompson. Okay. And we were the we were the one on the right. Finders were on the left. So right across from Homestead Cheese. Yeah, right across from Homestead gotcha. Cheese. Yep. Perfect. Right in there. So yeah, no, obviously totally, yeah. totally different now. And so how many years did? Or, well, let's start. Just give me the kind of the. What what started the Maker's Market concept, or how did that thing get off the I ground? I think just when we were, when you know, ha- having the storefront with brass tacks and having some smaller businesses come in, um, just and people that we really love to, uh, Nick Skripinski is a local guy. He's also a Dane County Sheriff. Hmm. And he stopped in one day, and he had these amazing homemade lamps. I mean, and they were just made out of all this cool stuff. He had a story for every little part of every different lamp. And it was just amazing because he was so talented. I think that's like exactly what we're looking for. Somebody who has this full-time job, but just has all this creativity. He's like, I have a basement full of these things. He's like, he's just looking for an outlet. And that was, it kind of stemmed from that. A lot of the stuff I find, it's almost like people are compelled to do it. Like they're not even trying to make a buck or just have, it's it's like they almost, almost to an unhealthy level at oh, some yeah. point, you know, that it becomes like this compulsion. You have to do it. Yeah. Whether I'm going to sell it or, or do anything with it or not, I, people feel sometimes they just, they're called to it or drawn yeah. to it. And well, you know, a lot of the creative kind of stuff is like that. Is that people, a lot of artistic people who have this already, you know, they, um, they have the creativity, but they don't always have like the business means and sure. sense to kind of follow through. Or they, you know, their self-starting got them to the point where they started it, but then they don't know the self can't take what them any it, further. You well, know? then there's, like, I'm sure there's tax implications, yeah. and bookkeep, basic bookkeeping uh, stuff that people bookkeeping. And don't today, know. I mean, markets are competitive. You know, yeah. Etsy is for small business, but it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, even us, you know, for something like Maker's Market. Where we have, so we have 150 vendors for this uh, fall one. Wow. And then we have, in the spring, we had about 1,600 in ticket sales um, okay. attendees. So, but we're trying to up that, you know, so we're trying to get more vendors to attract more people. Like our goal is to get like 10,000 people. That, I mean, yeah. the crazy big dream goal sure, is no. 10,000 people attendance. Because it's not free, it is a paid event. Okay. But so our goal is 10,000 people and it's like the amount of money and advertising and thought that goes into just trying to build this, like that's our five-year plan, you sure. know? So it's to think that far ahead, I don't think is in everybody's wheelhouse. Right. And it's not even always in mine. I'm a creative person and I'm a, I'm a doer, but Andrew is a really good planner and having like that helped us so much that right. we thought if we can help other people by promoting their products... That was kind of our thought. Yeah. So I think you were saying like you you knew people in the area, you had a location for it. What yeah. what was sort of the genesis of getting it off the ground the first year? Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly that year didn't want to do it because I was I was building a home at that time, okay. and I was like, I just can't. I just I can't, my brain cannot do that right now with building this house. And she's like, we're doing it. So we kind of made a goal that we wanted to have at least thirty five vendors. She went out, kind of got the ball rolling, got the vendors signed up. And then, you know, two weeks before when it's, you know, time to get stuff done, um, I stepped in. I was like, okay, we need this, this, you know, the last minute stuff. And so that was, that was how it happened. And it was like, we kind of, we knew we had about 10 people we knew really well, Mm -hmm. you know, that we thought for sure would do it. Right. About five of them did. And then, (laughs) and then we had to scrounge. Um, 
Because even booths are hard. You know, people love to take something to a store and drop it off, but that doesn't mean they want to set up a creative and nice looking composed booth. Right. You know, right. there's money, there's investment. It's, yeah, time, it's not easy. So, right. yeah. So, um, what, what year was that? Oh, gosh, wait, it's 2021, right? Um, yeah, I think this is our sixth market. We missed two. So, three, four years ago? 2017. Okay. Yeah. I think it was our first market. Yeah. And so, so that was, it was, how many? Vendors did you have at the first one? 35. Okay. And then you've got how many? 150 plus. That's, you're on a good trajectory. <laughs> we had there. 100 at the spring. So this this fall, we already have 50 more. And so it's just kind of that increasing that number and, um, you know, just keep on. We One of the things that's really helped is, and, and this is hard, I think, for creatives is, or people who are DIYers, um, to say, I need help. Yeah. And that and sure. instead of trying to do it yourself. Because that's us. We're, we are to the T. We can do it ourselves. Like, if I can create a graphic, I'm going to create the graphic myself. Versus, you know, and even now that we have a hired person, it's like, oh, I'll create the graphic. <laughs> you bless her yeah. for putting up with us. But, um, you know, she's great. And so, I, like, hiring that outside help, another small business, like, that's kind of always something that is a trigger for us and hard to do. Yeah. So, was it the size, just the growth that drove... Um, well, we knew we were losing finers. Yeah. <laughs> so. Combined with, yeah, So, and we had bought, yeah. Venue being bulldozed, yeah. So we made a, a big transition when we knew that we were going to have to move out of finers. We kind of, we had two options before us. We were either going to go real big. We were going to buy five plus acres mm. and invest a lot of money and building like a facility and all that. But the numbers just didn't didn't work. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. It didn't, it was like an entirely new business then. It wasn't what we're doing or what we were interested in doing. So we went the other way. We went, we downsized. We made everything small and it happened like it worked out perfectly because we, we lowered our overhead significantly by buying this condo shop. And so we bought it too and we're not paying rent anymore, which was great. They're about uh, 1,500 square feet and um, they're just, they're an open floor plan. A lot of people who are in them are storing RVs or they're car guys, but there are a couple other businesses out there that are operating out of them. Um, it's got a bathroom, an option for an office. So like, so ours, they're really yeah. they're really designed as businesses or something, not for. I, I know some prairies trying to do like Providence and yeah. even along Main Street where they're having a hard time renting out retail space, converting some of these over to like live work where you would have a business on the main level and maybe a yeah a no you can't above. you can't live in them. That's not what you're talking nope. with. No, nope, you this can't is, live in them. There and it's not open to the public really. It's just. Nope. kind of uh, space for you guys yes. to store and we have customers come there to pick up furniture right. um and kind of look at pieces or drop off their their stuff um but we're, yeah no it's nothing nothing's retail out there right right it i mean for us it was yeah this great downsized moment yeah, we, we got rid of all our overhead that was when we we were like okay where are we gonna host the market so, okay, okay. So, so angel park yeah angel so park. everybody knows it so yeah, um, and it's not we don't help. It's not on the speedway portion. It's on where like, um, like corn fest and stuff where you park. It's more the parking oh, oh, area. Okay. So what we do is we park people in the field mm-hmm. next door, and then that whole walk around area is where we set up, and then we'll have um, we have food in the like the other parking area, and then the pavilion. We're gonna have booths and like a pumpkin painting station this year. And nice. So like the lower area where people park or nope. the upper Up area. So, so if you pull in off so, of N. Yeah. I don't know. Like Mounds Dog Fest, you ever yes. go to that? That's yes. kind of similar That's setup. That's up there too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That works. And yeah. and so, and that, just just so we know what the dates and times, and we'll, we'll so, come back to that at the end, but just 
October 3rd, and it's from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Okay. Tickets are available for purchase online now. They're $5 online now. If you buy at the gate, they're $10 at the gate. Gotcha. So save half price. Half price if you buy them now. If you buy them now. So (laughs) now... I have not been to the Maker's Market, so I, as I said, I don't really know a whole lot about it. I think the what I, comes to mind is like this: the Wisconsin Craft Show is always sort of everybody's familiar with somebody yeah. selling this and that and knickknacks and sure. you know this. It doesn't sound like that is not what no, we're talking about. You get a so, lot of comparison to like flea markets. Like um, you get yeah. people who don't want to pay for the ticket, right? And I think that's natural. Like everybody wants a good free thing, and sure. there are a lot of things in our area that are free. And if we were a bigger company or a city hosting it, it probably would be a free event. But mm-hmm. we're not. It's just the two of us, and there's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it's a ticketed. But um, we get a lot of, like, you charge for and, a craft sorry, fair. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, yeah, you said the the vendors are having to put in their time and effort mm-hmm. to make a nice booth. And let's be honest, it's mo- at a typical Wisconsin craft fair, it's people just sort of wandering around because it's free. And right. You hopefully, if you're paying at least five bucks, you get some skin in the game. You're, That's exactly what happens. You've got people <laughs> who are serious about coming there and want to buy something. Yep, we so. get um, a, a good chunk of our vendors respond every year that they appreciate that it is a ticketed event because they feel like the shopping shoppers are more serious. Yeah, they're coming to support local business. They they already yeah exactly skin of the game a five dollar or even last year it was a ten dollar ticket we've mm. actually decreased it because we are trying to get more people there for the vendors you know we really want them to succeed and have great days and so yeah the trying to find ticket, a balance between there is a balance making yeah. it accessible but also having people yeah. take it seriously well and there is a market down in Rockford Illinois it's called Main Street Market and it's hosted by Urban Farm Girl um she. She has built a fantastic thing down there. I mean, it, it's amazing. Um, and hers, it's a $10 ticket. She sells $20 tickets for, like, VIP tickets. I mean, it's it's insane wow. what's going on there. I think this last market, she had 175, 200 vendors somewhere in there. Hmm. She's moved her event from this space kind of similar to Angel Park down there to um, the Boones County Farm or Fair, Fairgrounds. Yeah. You know, she moved it to a fairground. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Do you have food down there? Um, yeah, we, yeah, we'll have food. We have food trucks. Cool. Um, and yeah, so we so, kind of based yeah. it on that, and that's and but then with our own, you know, spin. But everything kind of handmade, locally made. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we do we have reached out a little bit to people like Milwaukee, Appleton, Northern Illinois kind of areas. Um, now, but it is yeah, it's all local small businesses. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. pretty much within sixty miles of the area. Um, and everything from, you know, homemade food goodies to, like, okay. Nick's lamps. This is actually the first year Nick won't be there. I have to stop yeah. using him as an example. But, um, or, you know, but there's people doing something similar to what he's doing. Um, crafts, quilts, fabric, oh, gosh, clay, uh, jewelry, pretty much any textile you can work with, these people are doing it. Yeah. Paper goods. You could serve in wine, keep people to drink down Um actually, so our first event serving drinks was um the spring market and oh. it was all because we moved it to Angel Park and the volunteer fire department is serving the beverages. Uh-huh. So because it's a Sunday, you know, nine o'clock start time, right. they did bloodies and mimosas, I believe. Okay. <laughs> is that the plan for this coming I, one as I well? believe so. There's okay. still be bloodies and mimosas and then I think she had some other beverages, you know, just um 
you know, seltzers and beer yeah. and wine. And then... Um, that sounds like a lovely day. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. And fingers crossed, it is rain or shine. Okay. Um, we that always say... always dicey in the fall. Yeah. And it wouldn't be Maker's Market if it didn't storm either. <laughs> so <laughs> like, that's a bad three luck. days leading up to it. One day, one year, the fall market, it snowed. Remember that year it snowed in, like... Yeah. October. I, I try to forget September, these things. October. Yeah, probably. It snowed the week of our event that year. I was like, oh my gosh. It was just, it was a mess. But we always make it work. It is rain or shine. The vendors will be there. So Yeah. And it's funny. I got, so I got dragged to an antique mall in Columbus. Like yeah. The Columbus antique. Hey, it's I, huge. It's my backyard, man. Okay, right. Yeah. And I'm like, I had never been in there before. And I, it's, I, yeah. I, it's a little bit of sensory overload. I kind of got overwhelmed. And it, it, you, I get into like a trance. Like yeah. you don't know what's around the next Did corner. you get lost? I got lost I, the first time I went I did. There. My wife was actually very good. She kept track of where we were, what floor we were on. I lost it. But I, yeah, that was a takeaway for me there of like, we buy too much stuff off Amazon and Target. We, that's our instinct too much is just to go just get something new and, let's be honest, probably pretty cheap just because yep. we need it and it's quick and it's convenient and it's easy. But I, there's all this stuff around that had a lot more charm and character and history to it, you know, and I'm like, why don't I go to the antique mall and pick up something? Yeah. If I need a new set of mixing bowls, I clean them and they'll be just fine. Yeah. Or lots of different things that, yeah. that we could do. And and I think the local sort of handcrafted things sort of fall in that category it's like for sure do we need to obviously if certain people can't afford what they can't they can afford what they can afford they've got to get by but if you can make a decision sometimes to spend a little more money and get something that is local is putting money in the pocket of of a local you know directly to the person that made it and has a story to it I, i think we should try to make some of those decisions a little differently in how we spend our money sometimes for sure i mean i think that's that is the what brass tax was founded on, yeah. you know. Um, and even now with our furniture refinishing and, and painting, it's um, it's very much about taking something, keeping it out of a landfill, keeping it yeah. in a family. Um, you know, there's people who hate painted furniture, and I, I get it because sometimes there's pieces that come in, and I'm like, oh, I can't paint that. Look at that. What you know, like I get yeah. it. But this thing is, is if it's going to keep it around and keep it loved for 5, 10, you know, 15, 20 more years, I would much rather paint it because that can always be stripped off. It can always be refinished again. Mm-hmm. I would much rather do that and have it loved and reused than, you know, you know, well, if it ended up in Goodwill, chances are I might buy it or same thing right. <laughs> and refinish right. it for our store. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, to your point, there's definitely that you can go. There's so many options other than Amazon and it's, it's that convenience factor for sure is that Amazon is the click away and that easy one, one swipe click button is easy, but you know what, coming out on a Sunday from nine to three is I mm-hmm. think just as easy, you know, and, and there's a lot of options. There's a lot of, we get a lot of people who buy all of their Christmas gifts at the event. Sure. Sure. And um, I think that's always really cool is because there are like, you can do a lap and just look, you know, and then right. do a lap and go back and you could probably buy for everybody in your family. There's something, I, I always look at it and I'm like, if there wasn't something at our event for everybody, we failed. Right. Because there's so much out there and there's so much creativity and there's something for everybody to appreciate. Um, and that's that's our goal is that it's for everybody. Um, but yeah, I I love the antique mall. I, probably yeah. st- I used <laughs> to stop in there probably once a week, just kind of scrounging for furniture and stuff. Um, it's been a while since I've been in there, but I always just love the dish sets. Yeah. Because dish sets are just one of those things that everybody has, like an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent yeah, or somebody. Yeah, they last forever. 
Yep. And and but and then they're sitting there, and I'm always like, I need new dishes. And so I'm just on the hunt for like the these very specific ones that I want. But like, yeah, we stayed in like a mid-century modern Airbnb, oh, cool. you know, verbal kind of thing. And I thought, how fun would it be to have that type of? Because then you get to go to antique malls and right. shop for the stuff to put in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, my, it turns out my brother-in-law loves going. He kind of collects old beer taps or bobbleheads oh, cool. and different things. It's like that's the other thing I was gonna say. I don't I. I don't think we have anything on the calendar that day. And it, it yeah. sounds like something you'd do with a bunch of wives and go drink mimosas and shop. But it's, it's like you said, it, you hope you try and have something for everybody. It's and, not that we don't get and, that, but we definitely get a lot of families yeah. and a lot of couples for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, um, so check it out again, October 3rd, yep. 9 a.m. to 3. Where do they go to get tickets? Um, it's makersmarketsp.com. Okay. Um, or they can hit us up on our Facebook um Page either Brass Hacks or Makers Market is on Facebook as well. Uh, we're also on Instagram. Yep. Pretty much if you sure. search Makers Market yeah. Sun Prairie, Google it, you'll find us. You'll find it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah. this is great. This is I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, was, thank um, you so much. A lot of fun. This is fun. Cool. What a lovely discussion that was, just to, to kind of hear her take and background and, and what they're doing with Maker's Market. Really a unique event that I, I don't think gets enough attention as something unique that should bring people to some prairie. And uh, go check that out if, if you uh, are interested in that sort of thing. So uh, thank you to Kendall for being here. Thank you to you guys for listening. I am Andy Shaner. This is What Are We Building on 103.5 FM Community Radio.